Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That means we play jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Um, I have no idea what this is, but I like the vibes. I like the vibe. It's high energy. This is uh, feel good, feel good on. music. This is uh, from I your time period. This is uh, Meatloaf. No, different key, different piano player. Yeah, Elton John, man. Elton John. Uh, I was really gonna say this is a piano bar song kind of thing. Oh, it's definitely a piano bar song. Because uh, Meatloaf does some songs like this too. But yes, Elton John. That's right. That's right. Um, I yeah, no, it's it. It does have a very um, I don't know, upbeat, feel good vibe about it. So I do like it. There yeah. you go, Elton John. Shout out to my man Patrick. Always keeping us on our toes when they top of the charts Tuesday. It is our one year anniversary as a show. So one year ago today, we were assembled officially. So um, we appreciate everybody sending us the uh, congratulatory wishes and uh, wishing us happy anniversary. Um, been working now in this industry like fine, close to fifteen years. Yeah. So I've worked with a lot of different people. I I yeah, I love what Chad says about shows um he and he i think he states it very eloquently um that basically shows have a birth and a death they just do it's just it's it's just uh, the natural order of things in radio and when you accept that then it's a little bit easier to kind of get stay in this industry um it is a little bit sad because i know you get really close to the programs and the people and that kind of stuff um but uh it and and of course the people who are on air they think of the people listening i hope they do like we do as family um but just like a lot of my exes always said i never really had a bad relationship because i try to learn something from all my exes Uh i take something from them they don't know it not not physically and literally but i i steal whatever their one of their best assets and traits i try to just take that from them and keep it with me and that way it wasn't a wasted bad relationship because i got better as a human being from it in some way form or fashion i feel like radio you got to think of your radio partners the same way yep learns to kind of take something from them because they all have something to offer something that makes them unique and and talented and thriving uh, the reason they thrive in this industry and i've worked with probably y'all i think this is 10 or 11 different people i've worked with on air guys uh, now in uh, that's 14, talent, 15 bro. years there's a lot of different people i work with yeah. but they've all kind of taught me something so i went through this i just did it in my head recently uh here in in the last break A.J. Hoffman. <laughs> I did it recently, yeah. about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so if I forget somebody, CB will let me know. Yeah. Hoffa Beast, which Hoffa Beast, best line, if you're not having fun, then the people listening aren't having fun. So yep. Yep. you need to make sure you're enjoying it. If you're not, then give it up. Uh, D. Hansen, back in the day, remember D. Hansen? Yep. D. Hansen's an extremely polished guy. Like, would, would make sure that everything's already kind of set up. He was extremely polished. Learned polished from a man, D. Hansen. Said Golden, Seti Bear, great delivery, just smooth. It's Seti Bear. Everything's smooth, smooth he man. Is smooth. And I was always trying to be as smooth as Seti Bear. John Madani, we all know John Madani, mm-hmm. the Bill Walsh of. Sports radio here in Austin. Yep. Uh, if you don't know Jumma Danny, then you should. Jumma Danny probably taught uh, everyone and probably in- introduced everybody into this industry who you hear these days in some way, form, or fashion. Um, I mean, BK. BK is a big bit guy, loves bits. Bits and pop culture. He'd rather talk about bits and pop culture, probably. <laughs> than sports. Uh, yeah, than sports. Well, he just do bits. He loves bits. Even if it's sports related, he was a big bit guy. Yeah. Um, loved the, how, how many bits he used to do. Um, I mean, KD. KD, you can never really gauge KD. I always called him cons- conservative liberal. 
you can never really gauge what side he was on on any issue. You would think like, oh, he's going to be on this side of the issue, and you'd, you'd be dead wrong. He was always Go to complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was intriguing. That's fun to listen to if somebody's like, "Yeah, I'll never know how he's gonna feel about a certain subject." So to keep the people guessing, he was good at that. Um, Craig Way, I mean, Craig Way's knowledge is just something that uh, is an, something that's unmatched. I think in this industry period, I don't know anybody that's more random knowledge than Craig Way. He's basically a walking uh, Jeopardy game encyclopedia. Encyclopedia yeah, knowledge yeah. is exactly what it is. I always say his his talent's really wasted. He should be working for one of the Alphabet organizations for our government as working in the intelligence agencies mm-hmm. because that's how awesome he is. But you can't work with Craig Way and not be on your stuff. Like yep. You got to be on your game. I worked with Craig Way for like five, six years and the reason I could, I prep the way I do is because of Craig. I mean, his his work, my work ethic is because I try to match that guy. I didn't see him many. I didn't see as much awesome. paper from Craig Wade though. No, because he's got it in his <laughs> head. It's all in the trap. Just to try to keep up with that yep. dude. It yep. took me like three <laughs> tablets per day to keep up with him. Uh, Keith Moreland, Big Red, probably the best storyteller I've ever heard on the air. He's got a lot of great stories, but man can tell a story. Just, just the timing of it, knows where to put the punchlines, the one-liners, all that kind of stuff. Um, Harge, I will tell you, man, you're great at relationships, connections. You're unbelievable at it. I mean, you do know every damn body. I joke about that. But you do know every damn but body. But it is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, out of all the people I worked with, Patrick is a, probably among the most multi-talented people I've ever worked with. But can do anything. Can, oh, can, can do can everything. Come on the mic, can yep. go yep. behind the board and handle that, can cut spots, promo, whatever. Any, anything that, that we can do, that we have to do in radio, Patrick can do it. I well, mean, he's he, the he ultimate utility guy. Yeah, I was going to say, he calls Swiss uh, Army Knife. Yes. He he's got everything, guy. every piece, MacGyver. Yes, and as long as I'm working in this industry, I should have that kind of skill set. I do right. not. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I still kind of strive to, to do that at one point in my life, to be that well-rounded in this industry. But, yeah, man, I, I, my advice to anybody, if it's not a failed relationship, business, or personal, you got to take something from it. For sure. Take That's something, what it's all about. Steal something, and it, it'll make you. You'll become a better person. For everybody's got a talent. Figure out what their talent is, and learn from it, and 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 figure out what makes them special. Maybe it's a methodology. Maybe it's just natural instinct or whatever, and steal it. Well, the steal one it. thing, the one thing that I always think about whenever we're coming in here, and and people have always said it to me. They were like, "Man." Rod has so many papers, and what 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 is it? I was like, that's his knowledge. That's what it is. Oh, he and he knows where it's at. So it's not like one of those things. Like some people can come in and they'll be all over looking for papers and doing all this stuff because it's unorganized. Yours is organized chaos. It is because chaos. you know exactly where it is. <laughs> like I saw, I've I've seen you do it numerous times. I'll bring up a subject, and all of a sudden, you'll look into your bag, and you're like, "Yeah, on December twenty second at three twenty five, I remember telling you about that." And I'm like, "How in the hell did my man know that?" Man. But it's part. I of didn't what know. It. I wrote said. it down. Right. <laughs> and for you, what it made me understand too is the work ethic. The work ethic is part of your delivery, right? Mm. So you've already knows know what it is. That's why I asked Patrick the very first time, I said, man, Rod, Rod strolls in at that time, huh? He's like, and you told me flat out, you're like, because I'm prepared. I, if, I, yeah. if I needed to come in early, I would come in early. That means I wasn't prepared. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be delivering, but I'm prepared. Yeah. And so that's where I've kind of taken that, that mindset as well because – I'm still relatively new. You've been doing it for 15 years. I've been doing it for five. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there is a difference. So you can say that you knew. And, and to your point, John Madani was somebody that I met with. And Come when on, I man. first got the job over at the other station, 
he was back in town and me and him went to lunch because of some mutual friends that we all have. That's right. They were like, go talk to John real quick. And we went, had some drinks, had a little dinner, and he just told me the one thing that he told me, because I was replacing the legend. I mean, you know, our man Sean mm-hmm. Adams, rest sure. in peace, my man. But he told me, you're not him, be you, and I promise you, you'll be okay. Yep. And I was like, as soon as he told me that, that's when everything just kind of took off for me. And I just started being my own person, saying my own things and, you know, not trying to be the smartest person in the room, but being somebody that everybody can relate to. Yep. Because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. That's like you said. I know a lot of people because I can relate to so many people. It, it, it is amazing. Like I say yeah. he does know every damn body. Every time I meet somebody, they know hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of those things. Yeah, so it's. And, you know, I don't know, I've never worked with Bucky, uh, but Bucky would always say, you, you, know, you just got to be yourself, let the chips fall with the man. If they don't like it, they don't like you. Yeah. You can't control you can't that. Change them. He said, but what would really be, it's going to be really be tough for you is to be fake every day. And Bucky would always say, you got to just be yourself. Yep. Be real. The show is easy when article. you come in and being yourself. Yeah, he said, yeah. And, uh, everybody's not going to like you being yourself every day, right. but it's easier, he said, than being fake. Exactly. He said, you be fake, then you're going to. Get, get tired of that, you know, that facade at one point, and then you're going to switch up on the people, and they're going to be like, hey, why did you change? Like, actually, now I'm being real. It's like, no, just be f- yep, real from the be jump. You. Just be you yep. from the jump, and let the chips fall where they may. So, anyway, uh, happy anniversary to the crew, um, and thanks to all the people listening, man, because I've been in this industry 15 years, and it's because people uh, listening and the folks out there, I consider you guys to be family, so uh, that's part of this equation. All right, uh, Specs Text Lines, the best way to reach out to us, 512-337-3776. Let's talk about LeBron James, showman. Because tonight he could potentially make history. He's mm-hmm. going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder in L.A. He needs 36 points to break the all-time scoring record held by one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of 38,387 career points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could break it tonight. There's a belief that if he doesn't, uh, you know, that he might not break tonight. So that's actually the ticket's have gone down. The ticket prices have gone down for this game because now people are projecting, predicting he's going to break it the next game on Thursday when he faces the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's a sexier headline because that is one of the teams that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, along with the Lakers, played for, one of the two teams that he played for. I put the wager out there today that he's breaking it tonight. I Mm. think he's going to go out there and absolutely go bonkers. And I predict that he's going to make it with a three-pointer at the end of the game. I think not at the end of the game, but I think he's going to make it on his his shot to go over is going to be a three-pointer. Because it's been an interesting tale of LeBron, and and everybody talks about signature shots, right? Like, what is your signature shot? Kareem is the skyhook. That's who he is. But Michael Jordan, fadeaway, Kobe, fadeaway, uh, Clyde Drexler, Daryl Dawkins, all these guys are dunkers. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, dunker. So when you look at how Magic Johnson, what is his signature shot? You don't really know what Magic's signature Mm -hmm. shot is, but you know what Kareem's is. And it's everybody's true. been Good trying point. to figure out what what would LeBron's signature shot be. Mm. And LeBron said his tomahawk dunk. He said that is his that is what people recognize with him because he is one of those guys that tries to dunk so hard. He doesn't have a signature shot he because doesn't. he does so many different things. But that's kind of LeBron's thing, and that's why people disrespect LeBron like they do, is because he's a guy who's just consistent. 
Yep. And he just plays basketball well for he four quarters. He loves the game. Yep. And they go, well, he didn't go off on that 20-0 run that, that that one guy had. And you're like, yeah, but he scored 20. He's five in the game. This guy <laughs> scored 20 and he put them all in the third quarter. Yeah. Yep. It seems like more impressive that he has 25 every night. And you're like, no, but he did 20 in the third quarter. Like, but he does 25 every night's more <laughs> yeah. impressive. Yeah, look at the consistency. I, I'll tell you, yeah. I think he beats it tonight because they're playing OKC, and OKC is the type of game where you can give LeBron a 60-point game if you want to, where you just feed him the ball. You yep. go, look, we can win this game with you just shooting, and we're just going to feed you, and OKC doesn't have to play him super hard like they're trying to – I mean, they might go and yeah, they're try. They're not going to be like try to let. They're not going to let him break the record against them easily, right? right. They're no, gonna, no, they're going to play like, some defense. Yeah, like this, we y'all may beat us, but LeBron, we don't want to be on highlights <laughs> for the next hundred years. Uh, I, bet, I bet some of those guys yeah. are okay with being on the highlights because they ain't going to be playing in the league much longer. <laughs> it's OKC. There's a lot of there's a lot of jags That's in OKC. <laughs> so I'm just, and I mean, and you can see OKC put in bench guys at a point and mm-hmm. just go, hey man, let's you know what. The owner says, hey, it's better to be in the news than not be in the news. Because if you wait till tomorrow, it's got to be really close because, yeah, it's a better story with Milwaukee. But Milwaukee wants to win. Yep. OKC doesn't. So They've been playing well, though, for the last they've been playing month right. and a half, I mean, two uh, Yeah, SGA is awesome. Like yeah. he's, he's causing a real problem for them because they're going to have to pay him too much money. And yep. they're like, well, in the rebuild, but you're like, you can't got- guarantee Holmgren is going to come back and be healthy. You can't guarantee you're going to get this top pick. Of Scoot or Wimbayama, like mm-hmm. you, you can't just keep trying to rebuild and then get rid of guys who are playing at a really high level like SGA. But I, I think like if we saw Kobe's last game is the example you give of when they just kept feeding him the ball. That's true. And they're running screens for him and they're doing everything yeah. and they just go, "Hey man, playbook is get Kobe the ball." Yep. It's his last game. I think you can do that for LeBron against OKC and, and just get, be him, like, the get him the ball and, and get, take him out. But get him the right. No, but that's the thing. Get him the record. Get him sixty points. Like, make it a game. Get him 50, 60 points in the game and go, oh, no, he beat the record in dominating yeah, fashion. In grand so not fashion. he scored 36 and got it and then, oh, well, he got in the last shot. I think you can do it to where you're like, oh, no, he blew the record out. Right. And then now he's got half a season to go. So here's, here's his numbers that he's had for the last couple weeks. He's had 24, 35, 48, 32, 23, mm. 37, 46, 20, 41, 28, 26, and 27 points Per game, that's crazy. At thirty eight years 38 old, years old. Wow. so and, and he's averaging thirty points per per yeah. uh, per game. I mean, yeah. yeah, per game this year. So you're looking at it in a different light, and the way that he goes about it is that was one of the discussions Patrick and I were having earlier. Is like people disrespect him so much, but the one thing that I I y'all don't even understand how many assist this guy has, how many rebounds this guy has been a part of, and the way that he's played the game. And he went to the finals so many times every year. I mean, you start looking at it and you take it for granted. You take it for granted how good this guy is. And not only that, he's 38 years old and he's still playing out of his mind. Yeah. No, he's he's aging you know, really well. I mean, he's aging just around the same rate of, like Tom Brady aged. Yeah. And Tom Brady had some amazing years after 38 years exactly. old. Exactly. Uh, so you wonder if LeBron James can can keep it up. So it's – I'm with you. I, I think he could break it tonight. I just – yeah, it depends on what the Lakers want to do. If, if they do like Patrick said, they decide, all right, you know what, the whole game plan is about him breaking the record. All right, yeah. that's it. Then he'll break the record easily. If they just want to go and actually play a – you know, a traditional game against OKC, 
I'm not sure he will. Listen, OKC's playing really well right now. They are. They're playing their best basketball they of the are. season. Uh, they're, how about this? Since the since 2023, the new year, uh, they have the sixth best record. Uh, they're first in three-point percentage, points uh, per game, net rating, and offense. Uh, and they have a top 10 offense and defense since December. And only the Nuggets are the only team that can say that. They've been playing really well. Yeah. So if they want to decide, no, nah, hell no, nah, he ain't breaking the record against us, then they very well could put the kibosh on this whole thing. And then it, it could end up being the uh, game Thursday with the Milwaukee Bucks. The NBA has made the Lakers' next three games, actually. Their next three games are going to be prime time, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Lakers will um, be on TNT tonight uh, for the late game. Uh, Thursday, they're going to also be on TNT. And then on Saturday, they're going to be on ABC versus Golden State. Yeah. So they're going to make sure. Oh, it'll that, happen. It's going to happen <laughs> no matter within what the next happens, two days. Yeah. Yeah, they it's going to happen. They're going to make sure that it's nationally televised when LeBron breaks the record. Yep. Uh, how about this? Uh, you, t- you brought this up uh, a couple of weeks ago, Harch, because it was trending this way. Uh, but courtside seats, 166 and 167. All right, so those are two seats courtside at the Lakers game at their home arena. They are now going for $75,000 each <laughs> for the OKC game. Total price together one hundred eighty-one thousand five hundred, and for the Milwaukee game, uh, the total price of both of those seats, one sixty-six and one sixty-seven courtside, are a total of two hundred forty-two thousand. It ain't uh, tricking if you got it, including fees. It if ain't you tricking wanna, if you want to watch it. LeBron James make history. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me ask you this: I, I'm I'm gonna give you a a I'm gonna give you a ticket to the Super Bowl that puts you. But what the courtside equivalent is, you'll be right there on the front row of the Super Bowl, 50-yard line, whatever you want to say. I'll give you that or, you know, wherever the best seat is in the house of the Super Bowl. Or you're going to have the best seat in the house to watch LeBron James break the record. What do you take? I've got the best seat in the house for both of those events in my living room. <laughs> so I got the best seat in the house. But I would take I would take the Super Bowl. I would definitely really? take the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I love football. I love basketball, but – I love football, and I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've been to basketball games. I've been uh, to not not them seventy five thousand dollars seats. I've mm, never been in those yeah, seats. Yeah, no seats. Yeah, uh, yeah, I ain't spent much time <laughs> in that area right there. I might get if I can get to the arena early and take a picture sitting there. I'll do that. <laughs> but uh, I would I would definitely take the uh, the football game. I think I'd take uh, the. LeBron James courtside seats for the LeBron James record breaker. The question is, do you want to hang out with Lakers fans or, or Eagles fans? And both seem like a terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I will say, I, I can go. You're right, because I've been to a Super Bowl, so maybe this clouds my judgment. I've yep, been yep. to a couple, so it clouds my judgment a little bit. Um, I know that is something that every American probably wants to do, whether you're a football fan or not, because it's right. such a, an so iconic, yeah. iconic experience right yep. now. You're talking about Americana. But Man, how often does somebody break the all-time scoring record for the NBA? I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it, and before him was what Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about something that ain't going to happen again for another. Nobody thought nobody was going to get to this. 60, 70 years. I don't know. The person that's going to break this record isn't born. And, you know, uh, he's not Bron? I was going to say, <laughs> well, well Bronny. Yeah, yeah, once Bron gets it, nobody. No, no, I mean, Bronny. Oh, Bronny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be that draft well, pick no, no. in 2029. <laughs> that the eight, Brooklyn Nets got seventh grader <laughs> exactly. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, it just—it seems like it's going to be a while. Maybe it won't. Maybe we'll have some young, up-and-coming uh, phenom that will get on track under LeBron James-like track. People but, thought people thought KD was going to be that guy. 
They did. I remember People that. People thought KD, yeah. but he's dealt with so many injuries. So that goes back to the other part about it. The longevity that he's been able to do and mm-hmm. play in this game is something that people truly take for granted. It's like, regardless of how you feel about LeBron, you need to look at the fact that this guy was able to play this long in the NBA and to be able to get this record. And not only does he have that, he just, I think they said he passed. Um, Mark Jackson just the other day for the assist. I mean, this guy has done unbelievable things. And they always said he wasn't a good shooter. He wasn't a good shooter in mm. the NBA. And he was a pass-first guy, which makes it even better that he is going to be the one to break this record. Yeah, he wasn't a shooter. I believe he's uh, in top 10 all-time for uh, – Field goal percentage and three point percentage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People just throwing out stuff. Oh, I just don't like him. He just, just man, stop. This is all about basketball. Don't nobody care when you get, when you look at it and you break it all down. His name will be at the top of the list for all time leading score. Yeah, I mean, like the funny part is you're like, hey man, you're playing a pickup game and and it's like you want LeBron or Carl Malone. You're all taking LeBron. You can go. Carl Malone's got stats too. No, you ain't taking Carl Malone. Exactly. You know you aren't. <laughs> and, you, and the only reason why you won't pick LeBron is because you, you got some kind of like grudge LeBron. against him. Yeah, you don't like yeah, LeBron. I get, you can go, I take Michael or I take Kareem. I can get those picks. Yes. I can understand them. But when you start going down the list and you're like, yeah. oh, man, I think him and Paul Pierce are, get out. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he is, he's, he's more hated than most all-time great superstars. And this is going to be the case going forward for superstars, by the way. This is not just something that is isolated to LeBron. LeBron is just the, the, the biggest NBA superstar of our time. Um, but because he's a social media aid star as well, mm-hmm. They're always going to be more hated than they are loved, or just as hated as they are loved. Yeah. Look at KD. Like it's 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 impossible now to. It's going to be really hard to go through unscathed in the social media age. Think oh about yeah. It. Kobe Bryant. It was more loved than hated by NBA fans. Just because he was right before the social media age. If he had been in social media age and everything happened to Kobe Bryant that happened, he'd be just as hated, if not more hated, than he was loved. Yeah. It's just so. Hell, by the way, LeBron has never really gotten into anything. He has never controversy got off the court. It, no. Now I know some people like his political opinions and then that's his, totally you different. Know, him trying to be that's an totally agent different. of social change. I get all that. Different discussion. I don't. You know. What I mean. So you can feel about that how you want to feel. I'm not telling you uh, to feel one way or another. Exactly. But my point is that's not really a scandal or a controversy but he's still just as hated just, oh, yeah. just like that's a social media thing because now everybody's opinions are known about every star and to, to lebron's you know uh, credit or discredit even this week what did he have the tweet saying maybe it's me well or is they, it right? yeah is the career exactly even even lebron fans go yeah they roll their eyes yeah uh, that's the yeah. because you know that's lebron seeking the limelight a little bit and yeah. then and then acting trying to play the victim like whoa whoa don't pick on me yeah. it's like yeah. what, what you mean don't pick on yeah. you just put that yeah. damn tweet out there so I get <laughs> it I get it and yeah. I, I think it's just part of being a social media well, and, superstar. I'll, and I'll throw in there too this is a guy that is supposed to succeed from day one which yep. is usually not favorable to people people like an underdog story or someone coming up That's true. so the fact that Kobe was drafted later and people said he wasn't going to make it and then he came on and you're like yeah he was a 14 like he wasn't really that far off but people like that story better people, Tom Brady. 
to be able to like Tom Brady. No. They don't like that LeBron James, when he was a junior in high school, they were like, that guy's going to be the all-time scoring leader. <laughs> and they were right. Yeah. That really makes people angry that he was as good as he is. So there's this point of it where people are like, I hated him because they, I hated him when he was 16 years old. I hated a 16-year-old kid because they, they shoved him down your throat. They shoved him down yeah. my throat, and now I still hate him because of that. <laughs> and I, like, I, I was more impressed. I was like, hey, man, for him to be able to do that and not be a worse person. Right. Like to be hated and talk bad about for is like as a high school student, and then come up and try and try and be a good person. Dad always was yeah. like, I have to respect some part of that because it's very easy for him to go the other way. It, it, it is, and, and it, he's been it, with the same woman since yeah. high school. Yeah, Think about you, that. And you know TMZ looking for it. They've been they've been <laughs> stalking him. You know they've been stalking him. TMZ dog. looking for those. Yeah. Those oh, you know Larsa Pippen. Thoughts. Yeah. Larsa Pippen been creeping around the crib for <laughs> yeah. fifteen years. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I, I get it. I get it. But it's it's you got to you got to give props where it's due. I mean, the man's about to become the all time scoring leader in the NBA. And people always talk about him going from team to team. You do realize that he was a free agent every time he went somewhere. His contracts were set up that way. He Nobody was trading. For LeBron James, LeBron James was a free agent. Has he ever means, requested a trade? No, or demanded a trade because his no. all of his contracts yeah. are one now, year. He has done the be the general manager thing, which but that's failed, what the NBA does. Miserably. It happens. What did you say? Guess what? NBA, so did Kobe. So did Tom Brady. So did Tom, exactly. Tom Brady. Just tried it too, by the way. Exactly. They, they, all the goats get there and they're like, you know yeah. what? I think I can do better than you at your job. It happens to every goat. Exactly. They all get there. It's I want to play with my friends. Put my <laughs> friends with me. And it's usually a mistake. It, it always <laughs> is. That's why I always say sometimes it's best to play the, it's best to play the background yeah. and not be the one that's I always trying to make the decision because when it Fails, they coming at your head. It's on you. Yeah, it's on you, Brian. It's all your fault. All right, what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life? Well, we're going to talk about nepotism <laughs> and when it goes wrong. There's a story in, in college football that I find very interesting, and I want to get y'all's Ooh. thoughts on it. All right, I can't wait to talk about yeah. this because I got a little I got a little uh, nugget to add okay, to your nepotism perfect. take. Let's do all it. right, we'll do that when we come back. Right here, ball don't lie, 104 down the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie, anniversary edition of Ball Don't Lie, one-year anniversary of this crew getting together and making history. That's what we do. But it's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Hardball Hard. You can hit my man, Rob Babers, up, at Rob Babers. And, of course, the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We love when everybody likes to debate with us and hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And, okay, so there's a story that's out there, and Athletic does a great job. And I thought this was kind of interesting because of the way that it was presented. And what I'm going to do, his name is Scott Dockerman. He wrote this article, and I want to write, I want to, I want to just put this headline out for you. And if you know anything about Iowa, um, the Iowa Hawkeyes mm. and their head coach, his name is Kirk Ferentz. That is his name. He's been there for a very long time. He pretty much runs oh, the yeah, state. Forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he yeah. he's been around Iowa for a long time. I think. He replaced Hayden Fry, if I'm not mistaken, and has been there just that long. Mm-hmm. 
But the Iowa offense, this is the headline, the Iowa offensive coordinator, Brian France, contract changes include a $50,000 pay cut, points per game target. Let me read that to you again. Iowa offensive coordinator, Brian France, contract changes that include $50,000 pay cut and points per game target. And you're like, what does that even mean? Well, Brian Ferentz received a $50,000 pay cut and a designated performance objective to average at least 25 points per game while the program wins at least seven games, the athletic director Gary Barta said on Monday. Ferentz, the eldest son of the head coach, Kirk Ferentz, and the offensive coordinator since 2016, Mm -hmm. officially will be supervised by the athletic director and making sure that he complies with the state and university uh, nepotism laws. <laughs> Brian, that, that's a real thing? That's a real it, thing. It needs to be, probably. Right. Brian Ferentz's salary has dropped from eighty, uh, dropped to $850,000 from $900,000, which uh, with an 8% raise – after presenting, present, uh, excuse me, participating in the Music City Bowl, Brian Ferentz initially was contracted to make nine, $972,000 this year. So this goes back into where their offense, remember last year's team was probably one of the worst offensive teams in their history of Iowa football. <laughs> and the reason why, they averaged 17.7 points per game that last year and ranked 123rd nationally. <laughs> so what I think has happened during this time is they have been trying to bring in a different offensive coordinator, and Coach Ferentz is saying, no, I'm not bringing in a different OC because mm. – Obviously, my son is the offensive coordinator. We'll make the changes. We'll make the adjustments. Come on, man. Well, according to the contract amendment, if designated performance objectives aren't met, Brian Ferentz deal will return to the prior two-year rolling agreement along with a one-time lump sum bonus and a base salary adjustment. And that will end, if he does not hit these goals, it will end his employment on June 30th of 2024. So basically he has this year to make it through the season and then by by and, by 2024 and meet those requirements. he has to meet that requirement coming up this season. And if he doesn't they he's automatically out of there. he's out of there. He's out of there. And Kirk Ferentz is basically refusing to oh, and, and on what grounds is Kirk Ferentz refusing to make this move? Is he? What, what? Well, you know exactly what the grounds are. But he can't say that. Yeah, he, he can't so say it. That's why they he, said the nepotism law. Yes, yeah, I, I wonder what he's using as an excuse because he can't use. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's something about this kid I like. I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> he was raised right. Yes, he, was, he, he got was good, raised the right got, way. He got a good upbringing. This kid does. And, uh, and the beautiful part about this wow. is. The, the, the other title says, what does this mean for the fans? And it said, no person in a politically divisive state of Iowa 
has been more revealed, reviled than Brian Ferentz. The vitriol <laughs> over him, the vitriol over his continued employment is off the charts. Many fans will need to decide whether they want to f- continue to f- uh, to continue to full support the program, wow. or do they take away and step away from the program until they get this all figured out. Iowa sold out every home game last year, so the reduction in ticket sales are possible. So let me ask you this. He's a state mean, employee, though. That's why this is political. That's exactly because why it's you're talking about the highest, the highest paid state employees in that state. And the or other, some of them. And the other part about it all, this year it said this year – the team's defense scored six of the team's 25 touchdowns, which that. means 24% mm-hmm. of the team's scoring came from the defense. Brian Ferentz has led the offense, uh, the Hawkeyes, to a solid scoring seasons uh, previously. In 2020, he averaged 31.8 points per game, ranking second in the Big Ten against Big Ten teams. And in 2018, the team had 31 points per game which ranked fourth in the Big Ten. So my question to you, as the changes have happened and now they've got people kind of eyeballing and overseeing this, mm-hmm. this is not going to end well, is it? No. If if there's so much attention on it now, yes. now they're watching his every move. People are you know looking at every concept, every construct with the offense. They're probably breaking it down analytically and also breaking it down schematically. Correct. And they're just poking holes in everything. So, yes, even if he meets those requirements, if it's just the bare minimum, it's still going to be tough to keep him unless he just does an exemplary job. Like he's getting got, back to that 31 points a game. Yes, he got, he got to go above and beyond. So maybe that's what they're banking on, that, yep. he go, that he's extraordinary this season. I think that's the only thing that can save him. Because right now, there's just too much attention being drawn to it. And yeah, well, now money being talked about. You got yep. the political uh, yeah. factor thrown in there. Yep. It's just ugly. Yeah. Uh, and Kirk Ferentz has been there how many years now? I mean, he's been there. About, well, he's just CB just said he's been there since 1999. Yeah, so he's been. I mean, he's yeah. talking about guys been there almost twenty five years, man. He's been there a long time. He, so that yeah, it's going. It's going to be hard to remove him. Period. No doubt. And he knows that. No he doubt. knows that. Hey, man, I got enough clout now where I can, I can basically force them to have to keep my son on, right? Right. Even if the fans don't agree with it. Nineteen ninety nine. That's nepotism at its finest. Yeah, he's been especially yeah. because it's, it, I can understand having. Somebody in there, and he's had success. Let's not get it twisted. We've obviously seen that he's had success and he's done some good things. I don't know if he's kind of resting on his laurels and things hasn't hasn't happened for him, but there are other positions, and we've seen it numerous times with everyone else that have been involved. Um, if your kid is not the offensive coordinator or your kid is working in the organization, I think a lot of people see it as an okay deal, right? If he's working his way up and doing certain things or working her mm-hmm. way up and doing certain things, but if you're not bringing everything to the table and you've had a slump and other people are getting fired because of certain situations and but you're keeping this person on, that's where I think people start to get frustrated, and maybe that's why it's starting to get a little bit political as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nepotism is it's rampant. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. For uh, sure. In the coaching industry. I mean, we just talked about uh, 
Clint Kubiak's son, uh, sorry, the son of Gary Kubiak, and he's being considered for one of the jobs the Texans. And hell, even my boy, my boy Shano has benefited from it. So it and look is, at the Patriots' defensive staff; they got two Belichicks on the defensive staff. Yeah, it is in coaching. There have been several complaints about it that um, there should be more. I don't know, kind of institutional guardrails against nepotism in coaching mm-hmm. because it's so rampant, and I, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, a recent study. This was actually a year ago. Um, a recent research study conducted by NF, by the NFL determined that nine of the thirty-two current head coaches were either the son or father of a current or former NFL coach. Right. The same research report also found that sixty-three total NFL coaches were biologically related or related through marriage. Fifty-three of the sixty-three. So it's just. It, it it's it's every, I mean that's at the NFL level, but I can guarantee you at the college level it may be worse. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying anything's wrong, but it you, it's not about what you know; it's about who you know in this world. But uh, basically, 14 percent of all coaches, and this was a separate study from the one I just mentioned, um, it found that uh, and this was a study done by three different individuals. Uh, said there are 111 NFL coaches who are related biologically or through marriage to current or former NFL coaches out of the total 792 coaches employed by the NFL teams. That's 14%. That was as of March 2021. Wow. So, I mean, it's probably more now. It's probably more now. Yeah, it's probably more now. And in college, honestly, I think it'd be higher in college. I really do. Just from... The, the oh, people for that sure. I know, because it's easier to do it in college too. And I'm not saying well, because some of them are it. coming off as grad assistants. Yes. They're coming in and getting their their way into coaching. Exactly. So that 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 right there is okay. I get that. Yeah, it's that other part of it that continues to happen to where it's like this dude's offense is terrible. Yeah, it's like we just got a text from an Iowa guy. He said, "I'm an Iowa guy." And he needs to be replaced. Eight and five last year was unbelievable, especially with no offense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, I, I've I've dug into. I went down the rabbit hole of nepotism for a while, and I was like I said, based that was some of the stats I gave you. I was a little surprised. Right. Um, yeah, I said overall the league averages three point four coaches per team who are related to a current or former NFL coach, and the percentage of coaches at the supervisory level, the ones with hiring power, is even higher. Eleven of thirty two head coaches were related to a current or former NFL coach. Yep. Yeah, and I understand that. I mean, you so. got to get your foot in the door. No, you got so there's it, ways of yeah. getting in there, and it always. I mean, it happens in business. It happens all over. It's, yeah. it's a way of life. Yes, it is. But it just starts to magnify, especially when all these people are now the whole state of Iowa is trying to figure out a way to get him out of there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, and that's <laughs> that goes. That's why you know you should try to guard against it because yeah, once it, once the uh, I don't know the family is entrenched <laughs> right. uh, in a seat of power, so to speak, like uh, he is right there at Iowa. Yeah, it's tough to to remove those guys. Yeah, that's no really doubt. hard. Uh, yeah, but I, the NFL is they don't talk about it a lot in the NFL. And I won because I I guess it it's helping everybody, so nobody will talk about it. And I've said this before about coaching. Coaching is just a quid pro quo. It's just a quid pro quo culture. Yep. It's you know I, I did you a favor, so I need a favor. Yep. Mike McCarthy, right? It's been Mike McCarthy a got lot his lately. first job. His first job as an NFL coach with Marty Schottenheimer hired a young Mike McCarthy to be a quality control coach and gave him his first assistant coaching job. And Brian Schottenheimer, who has been 
pretty much, you know, he he has been ostracized from the NFL community that he would never be given an OC job anymore, hadn't proven himself. And then Mike McCarthy says, you know what, I'll do you a favor, man. Your pops did me a favor, bro. So, yeah, I'm going to bring you, you in. You ain't calling no plays, but you're my OC. You my OC. Yeah. That, that is the Financial. NFL. Financial. That's the NFL coaching world in a nutshell. Yeah. Yep. It is. I Agreed. did you a favor. I need a favor. Yeah. And you just and don't worry about it. Just make sure you keep my office straight and give me yeah. <laughs> make yeah. design a practice schedule for us and we'll be okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like Sean McVay's father, mm-hmm. Jim McVay or his grandfather, whatever. I mean, he Grandpa. did favors for people back in the day. And yep. then now those favors are being, you know, benefit, reaped, I should say, by Sean McVay. Yep. Yeah. And and, it happens. It's the way of the world. And the Jeff Saturday hire will not make that any better. Because no. now they all point down and go, that's yep. why you don't bring in people who don't know anything. That's yep. why you don't. And so yep. you can take every bad example of a, a nepotism hire and they can find you a good one because there's so many. Yep. But they'll take that one of a guy coming in out of nowhere. And yes, it was a weird hire. But just saying, <laughs> that will be a point for many, many years of why you don't hire people from outside of the ranks to do things because that's that's what happens. That's yep. fair. That is yep. fair. And like I said, I, I am not against uh, nepotism because I think it has worked. Jim Harbaugh is that. Shannon, you know, in that category. Sean McVay in that category. Yeah, I said Joe Lombardi just got fired in San Diego. Joe in Lombardi. Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, just, it's just coaching. It's just, I think it's part of coaching. Because you grow up in that household. It's why military families happen because you grow up in a household Absolutely. with a certain lifestyle and that is the lifestyle you know and that really that is encouraged. Well, and it was like in Bill Belichick's dad was a scout for colleges for years. Exactly. It, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. So that household, they go to, they go down and yeah. say, we're talking about football and yep. scouting. And that's and the other part it. of it too. And that's why it's, I think it's 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 cool. But every once in a while, you get that one that you're like, how is this dude still coaching? And it's because of the coaching carousel yeah. and the people Who that he's know. connected to. That's why they are. It's, always, it's just a retread yep. industry. That's yep. why sometimes it's kind of hard for the new guys to break in. It, it is. Um, because it is a retread industry. You got guys getting fired who got really great resumes. And sometimes you got to break in at different levels, which is why the HBCU level has come exactly. into play lately. Because Brent, a lot of guys. Brennan Marion started there. Yep. Deion Sanders started there. Because it's one of those. Uh, Eddie George is there Yeah, now. a lot of levels where yep. they'll, they'll give you a chance. They'll give you a chance. Hard. You say, you know, I want to coach football. You may get a chance at HBCU. Yep. And you may not be able to get a chance at a group of five or a G5 yep. uh, program. So you start at the D2 level or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Good hard knock life there. Good conversation. We come back. What is a darkness retreat? I need to know this. We'll educate you when we come, come back. Come on. I didn't know what it was either. I have to Google it. Right here yep. on Ball Don't Lie. I wonder if we're not in the horn. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie. Okay, uh, we have sound and audio, so I'm not going to ruin it, and I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to just get right to it. So Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show, and here's how it went down. Sorry, I probably should have set that up better for Patrick. I just- normally don't really <laughs> throw in this time of year. Have you thought about throwing this year? Well, I'm still uh, in the art of contemplation about my future, so I'm... I'm uh, is that real? Are we really contemplating playing football again still? Is that like a heavy heavy thought, yeah? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow, okay. 
I didn't know that. I just assumed because the way you've given answers, it's like foregone conclusion. But you have told us numerous times you haven't got through that portion of your decision making yet. So I, that's just that seems surprising me right there. That's a real thing. That's yeah, a real thing, hundred percent. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week, and then uh, you know to uh, to, uh, to take my uh, you know my isolation retreat, and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and then move forward what's isolation retreat we're just going into a cave are you not going to talk you're not going to speak one of those things yeah is it just you in there Ooh. and if you're just in there alone do you know how many days you're in there are you taking an iPad a book are we able to reach you what? Is there good it's uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness what you go to Alaska not Alaska, no. I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. Man. That's a lot Are you locked in? Where is it? You're not locked in. No, you can you can leave if you if you you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's uh, it's a darkness retreat. Wow. And I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences. And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now. And I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months. And it's coming up. Uh, in a couple weeks. So you walk into a room for four days, or is it a cave? Where it's a, is it's a, it's a room? It's a little house, yeah. And they just kind of black out the window. Brrr, everything's dropped down, and then there's somebody like in there administering like sounds and what we're going through. Options. Of there's what a do. there's a two way uh, mirror. No, like a like a little slot that they'll they'll drop in uh, some food for you, but it's. Uh, but it's it's uh, isolation and darkness. No, you know, no music, no nothing. Are they recording you and your actions? How many people are in there? I uh, just myself. Isolation. Oh. It's like a group. We're <laughs> trying to. All right, that is uh, Aaron Rodgers saying that uh, he's going through a darkness retreat. All right, he broke it down for you. You advocating for this? You cool with this? No. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? It sounds like he's in jail, and they put him in the in the in the tank, where he has to be in there by himself, uh, isolation, not being able to be seen, none of that stuff. Like, what? You can't do that at your home, or are people coming by. I mean, what 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 is happening? Maybe here? tough to do at the house. Maybe he's got distractions at the phone, TV, stuff like that. Maybe he's, you know. I just. Wants to be maybe it's like the ayahuasca. It's an experience that he wants to go through, like a soul searching journey. He's obviously someone who's in search of 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 answers. Like he wants to enrich and like uh, evolve his his I don't know like his subcon his cultural and his um I would say subconscious look. To each his own on a lot of things in life, right? I mean, whatever it takes to cleanse your soul and cleanse your body. Yeah. It's just a little, it just seems so dramatic for me to see. I mean, it, it, it definitely is. And I haven't been that deep in a long time. And nor have I wanted to to disconnect from people that way. I mean, that's just who he is. That's probably why he's single. That's probably why he's gone through some of the things. His family don't they don't talk to each other because don't most people go? I guess that's his way of going to see a psychiatrist, so to speak. 
Or Could going be. to see his counselor. Maybe like that a, is how that's going. I bet he's going. got more of a shaman. He, I bet he, he does a, look like I bet a, shaman a shaman type instead of, of a like a psychiatrist, psychologist. Do you think he wears deodorant? Yes, I think he does. He were, he dated a woman at one time I remember. who was very earthy and hippie and didn't do that kind of stuff. No, I listen. I respect Aaron Rodgers. I really do because he's very um, he's very forthcoming and genuine about this stuff about his journey. His personal journey, ayahuasca, and this kind of stuff, too. And he seems to be open to exploring ways to find his, I don't know, whatever his purpose is. Right. A, a higher purpose than just being the football player. Like, he does seem to be in search of what he thinks may be a higher purpose or understanding of this life. And whether you are in search of that or not, uh, you know what? I respect that. I'm not, you know, I, 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 now why he shares it with everybody, that's on him. But yeah. Well, he, he was asked a question, though. He was asked a question. He was asked a question. And then he went, he went into He went way left on that. And I was not expecting that conversation. When I first heard it, I was like, is he serious? That's why, you know, Pat McAfee was like, bro, what? what? A.J. Hawk was like, man, I played on a team with you. What is going on in your life that this is where you're going? I think he's in search for something deeper. I think there is, if you want to do like a, to psychoanalyze Aaron Rodgers, it would be that he's in search for something deeper. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's something that we all, we all find in, we all, with significant others, with families. Really. He does, he's not close to his family. Right. He isn't married. He kind of goes through a cycle of starlet relationships. And he has a, he has a circle or a social group that's just, I don't know if they're close or if they're, if they're just convenient. Mm. Uh, so I'm not sure, but it's, they're they're a Hollywood group though. No, oh, yeah, for and sure. Hollywood people do things that are unconventional, non traditional. That's because most of them are trying to get into character. Yeah, we you know what I'm saying. You got to take yourself to he's another ex- spot he's to eccentric. get into character. Yeah, he's eccentric, he's like, a, like Hollywood yeah. people are. Yeah. We don't call them weird. We call them eccentric because they got money. You ain't got money. <laughs> you ain't got money. You broke. You weird. Right, right, That's why right. we all weird. Right. But he's eccentric. Good that point. means you got money. Uh, all right. We'll come back. We'll get into a little Texas basketball discussion. They lost to Kansas on the road, but they split that uh, horrible road trip. A horrible, that horrible stretch, I should say, in Big 12 play uh, 2-2. We'll get back and discuss that right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The